Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Per usual, a wild off-the-air conversation that if it made its way onto the air would probably be the end of this program. So we're going to tone it down a notch. Alongside Randy Scott, I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The college football national championship game is just four days away. Houston, Texas. Monday, January 8th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Mel Kuyper Jr. going to join us later. We'll talk about the future prospects for Washington quarterback Michael Penix. Some of the other guys you should be keeping an eye on throughout that game as well. Randolph, it's great to see you. Last I saw you was before the holidays. You still yeah. look fantastic. You didn't put any holiday weight on. Um, it's starting to come back. starting uh, to come back. We're doing low sugar. We're trying to get back into the swing of things. I'm going to go to the gym after this. Watch the glucose. Watch all of watch the glutes. Yeah. Watch the glutes <laughs> and the glucose, right? Just start to do some start to do some of those butt exercises I've been hearing so much about. So, yeah, just trying to, trying to stay after it because when we were last year, we were debating holiday movies. We had a holiday movie draft. Yeah. I was alarmed at how many people sided with Evan. Everyone loved Evan's A lot picks. of people loved Evan's picks. A lot of nerds out there. Listen, the existence of a good opinion is not possible without the existence of bad opinions, <laughs> correct? Dark cannot exist without light and vice versa. So that, to me, was how Evan won that draft. Dark and light. I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because we have a lot of scenarios in the NFL this weekend beginning Saturday. Some teams motivated, some teams not motivated. This is a very interesting handicapping angle. More on this throughout the course of the show. Mm. But you've got teams like Baltimore sitting their starters. Teams like Pittsburgh must win. Buffalo, Miami, Sunday night, huge game. Buffalo wins. They win the division. They're in the playoffs. They lose. They could end up missing out entirely. I believe that for all the permutations, and you look at ESPN stats and info like I do, they do an amazing job. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like 5,000 words of analysis to break down all the possible, here's how you get in, here's the seating. None of it matters to me. The work is fantastic work. I'm not trying to defecate on the work. What I'm trying to say is I only see four teams winning this thing. Four. <laughs> okay. You like that word? We got a lot defecate of in-, in the first two minutes of the show. Yes. Defecate, destabilize, was used about 15 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> Here's where I'm at. Baltimore, in no particular order, Baltimore, yeah. San Francisco, Buffalo, who's not even in yet, and the L.A. Rams. I know that be- might be surprising. Those are the four teams that can win the Super Bowl. Outside of that, I have eliminated everybody else from my list. I wanted to start the show by throwing that out to you and then allowing you to navigate your way through that nonsense as you see fit. It's a it's a bold strategy to have a team in your four that is not yet in the playoffs heading into week 18. A bit shocking. Is there is there a small party I, I so I do want to focus on the Bills because not only is that matchup for the AFC East title, right? Buffalo's going for its, you know, fourth straight AFC East crown. But the seeding is so important. Obviously, if Buffalo wins, they're in. You need that to happen for your list to to make any damn sense whatsoever. But the, it's for the two seed. Buffalo can leap from the six to the two seed. Yep. Miami can fall from the two to the six. Uh, Cleveland's locked into the five. The four seed's going to go to the AFC South champion. So that's that's the free fall that is at play for the Dolphins right now with the injury report that they have. And I know we have t- plenty of time to to get into that. But what I've seen from Buffalo is they're they're a they're a 
They're an NFL version of an ETF. Uh, they're an NFL version of a crypto stock. Okay, <laughs> like they are. They are. Their their highs are impressive. Their good is great. Their good is worth being in your top four. They're Solana. They're they're <laughs> they're bad. Oddly, however. I have like these alerts that show up in email. Like Solana's up four percent. I'm like, when did I sign up for this, buddy? If Shiba Inu ever gets to a dollar a share, <laughs> you're gonna have a Randy Scott shaped hole in that wall right there. But but they're they're low though. Their low their floor is such to where you could see them entirely spitting the bit. Yeah. In South Florida Sunday night. And just throwing a big old wrench into the AFC playoff picture. That's how wild it is. So, given that lack of high level consistency, I wonder why Buffalo is in your four. Mostly it's because of how flawed so many of the other teams are. I have so little faith in so many other teams, both AFC and NFC. Mm-hmm. Baltimore, as legit as they are right now, we'll see it in the playoffs. We'll see it. I think this is the year that they can shut everybody up. But they're that team that every now and again, there's a sloppy play early in the game. Lamar's trying to do too much. He fumbles the ball. No big deal. We'll get it back. But the other team scores. And then maybe there's a punt on a third down where you thought you'd get a good spot and you didn't. You decide to punt the ball. Before you know it, it's the start of the second quarter. You're down a few points Mm -hmm. and you start to scramble a little bit. It's not a seven game series. Seven game series. The cream will rise to the top one night. One afternoon, that can mean everything. And we've seen that happen to Baltimore before. Unlikely, sure. But I don't view them as completely unstoppable. And outside of that, who else is there? Kansas City is deeply flawed. Deeply flawed this season. The only reason we even consider them a Super Bowl contender is because of what we've seen in the past. And not the past this year, the past in previous years. I think they could be a very quick exit. Don't trust anyone from the AFC South. That's maybe a year away from being a year away. Mm -hmm. Cleveland's fun. But it's Joe Flacco, and it's a lot of injuries. And the Miami team has won one big game all year, and it was at home against Dallas, and there was a good case that they could have lost that game. So Buffalo getting in, which I believe they'll win this weekend, mm-hmm. they get in. I think they're as dangerous as anybody. That's how, that is why they've made the forts more an indictment of everyone else in the AFC than it is how strong they are at the moment. Tough to beat the same team twice. Yes. Right? A, a divisional opponent. Tough for that second win to have to come on the road where Miami is noticeably better, right? Dallas game is is a testament to that. I I do want to want to get to Dallas because they're not in your top 4. No, and I'm just not. I'm looking at the criteria here. I would argue offensively Dallas is more consistent, higher ceiling than so certainly the Rams. The Rams. I was wondering. I'm. I find it interesting that you chose to go after the Bills pick before the Rams selection. Well, I think very we both, interesting. I think we both agree that that's the only game that matters on on Sunday. It's not the only playoff impactful Correct. game, but I think that's that's the, the most that, that is the game, and of course the marquee it's, game. It's Sunday night. But I. So I guess to to go over to the NFC, I have no problem with the Niners being on your list. Um, That's think, bold of you. Well, I think home field advantage. I believe in Brock Purdy. No, no, no. Like, has Brock Purdy taken on water? Sure. Did he submarine plenty of fantasy teams in the what, what amounted to the planet, uh, semifinal round of the fantasy football playoffs? Yeah, uh, yeah. Four picks will do that. But, the, but, but the Rams being on there because right now, and I know the bracket, you know, contents may shift during the flight here, but the Rams have to go to Detroit. So that's Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit, going into that building. And you think the Rams, obviously you think the Rams win because you have them as a Super Bowl contender. I think they're one of four. And I like them because they check two huge boxes, coaching and quarterback play. Mm -hmm. There it is. I think the defense is good enough. I think the rest of the offense with the skill players, good enough. They've got Stafford is playing far better than anyone outside of Orlovsky gives him credit for. Orlovsky's (laughs) been all over it all year, and Orlovsky's been right all year. Stafford has been making incredible throws and has been carrying this team. They're playing good football at the right time, and they have a very smart head coach. I look at Dan Campbell. Yeah. 
I like him. I like what he's done in three years. Big body of work. Great job. But now we're going to narrow in. Mm, I saw you in a tight spot against Dallas. Make several very questionable decisions there. You guys can blame the officials all you want. You lost the game. You had a chance to win. So that one worries me a little bit. Uh, Philadelphia. See ya. I'm an Eagles fan. See ya. Those guys can't get organized at all. They seem to be the most disorganized team coming in the playoffs. That doesn't win championships. Hmm. Where else do I want to go? The NFC South? We can just end the conversation there. No one's coming out of the no. NFC South and doing anything, in my opinion. Okay. Packers, Vikings, these other fringe teams, Seahawks. Nope, 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 nope. I like the coaching and I like the quarterback play okay. of the Rams. To your point on Dallas, they become way too one-dimensional. I can do the whole Mike McCarthy time management thing, Dak Prescott in big games. I think Dak's had a great year. I think the defense is suspect. I think when they play on the road, they go from scoring 37 points per game to 21 points per game. They're not going to go on the road and win multiple times in the postseason. And on top of that, they become very one-dimensional down the stretch here. They can't run the ball anymore. Too easy. That's going to make life much too difficult. This was the problem when you turned it over to Tony Pollard. Everyone said he's not as big and durable as Zeke. He's not going to be able to handle the true workload. And late in the season, we're starting to see that a little bit. Okay, so Dallas here, if Dallas wins on Sunday, they beat Washington, which they're they're favored to do. 13-point favorites. You should be able to handle that. Because Dallas is going to play at starters. Like Keep in mind, as you said, from from a handicapping standpoint, like you mentioned the Rams. Rams against Niners this week is looking like Carson Wentz against Sam Darnold. How about Carson? A little Carson Wentz action for everybody. Carson Wentz. What a game. Getting a start in the year of our Lord 2024 and going (laughs) against Sam Darnold, which is a tremendous quarterback matchup in 2017. But here we are, and it's 2024. (laughs) Did Wilner just say Ginger Bowl? And it's a little. Did you say Ginger Bowl? Really? Ginger Bowl. Ginger Bowl. <laughs> it's a battle for a heaven. It's been a hell of a month for us. <laughs> for we us. Can, yeah, we can say it because we have lots of redheads on the show. Understood. <laughs> so, uh, if the if the Rams lose that, there is an there is a a world that exists where the Rams. I got the bracket up in front of me here, where the Rams fall to the seven. If the Packers win, uh, the Packers play the Bears. Packers are winning in as three point favorites against the Bears. I, I'm going to tell you, I think Bears play spoiler there. I'm going to throw that out for you now. Yeah, Bears are frisky. Um, but but let's let's say they don't. Let's say the Packers win and the Rams lose. Detroit wants that because Detroit would have to play Green Bay and and the Rams would fall to seven and maybe the Rams throw a wrench into what Dallas is doing, but. Dallas would get to, if the Rams in your scenario play out, the Rams would go to San Francisco after beating the Lions if they destabilize the Niners. Then (laughs) the road to the NFC goes through Dallas where Dallas is so much better. So that's why, to me, if one or two things happen and you obviously believe in the Rams, then Dallas has home field and they are a much better team. They're a Super Bowl contender, truly. Oh, it's risky. And they they belong in a list of four. What I'm doing is very risky. I mean, by this time next week, that Buffalo pick could be akin to me saying, you know what, I like the Giants as a Super Bowl contender and I got the Commanders as well. They're on the list of five. Well, they're not in. (laughs) Well, neither is Buffalo. Great work, Ford Bowl. More on this throughout the course of the show. Phone lines will be open on this as well. Triple eight, say ESPN. Triple eight seven two nine three seven seven six. Feel free to hit us up on the Doctor Pepper call in line at any point. If you want to go through the permutation, you want to tell me I'm crazy. I got to be honest. I see four. That's it. Sorry, sorry, Kansas City. Sorry, Detroit. I think there are opportunities in the future. Baltimore, San Francisco, the Rams, and Buffalo, in no particular order, would be the teams. The Eagles didn't give them much of a conversation in the last uh, topic here, mostly because I don't see a whole lot happening there. Did they? Take a huge turn in the right direction based on something that was said yesterday. That's coming up next. Randy Scott in for Carlin. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Pat. 
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back goes Hurts, and it is intercepted by Arizona, and the game is over. And the Eagles lose 35-31, and this is a bitter defeat. I still believe in the guys. I think we got the guys to get turned in the right direction. Just tremendous audio there. Merrill Reese, longtime play-by-play voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. He sounds upset. You hear all the booing in the background. That's nothing new. Happy holidays, Philadelphia, as the Eagles get <laughs> upset at home by the Arizona Cardinals. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Be a part of Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. A.J. Brown. Eagle wide receiver. Kind of been in the crosshairs here as people try to sort through what has gone wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles, last year's NFC champions, this season. It's still a great record, but recency bias plagues us all. And late in the year, the Eagles have come completely unglued, completely unraveled. It was one thing to lose to good teams in the midst of a tough schedule run. It's another thing entirely to lose to Arizona when you're playing at home. A.J. Brown on why he's so frustrated. Everybody in this locker room was frustrated. So why are you singling me out? Because I'm frustrated. Like Just because I'm shaking my head, I'm showing emotion, you can look at everybody in the stadium has bad body language. They're frustrated. All this freaking adversity, we, we right there. That's what happens when you're trying to get to the next step. Gravity pulls against you. Everything pulls against you. And I think that's what this team is going through right now. And I think once we fight through that, push through that, we're going to be fine. We're going to be right where we need to be because I know we got great people in this locker room. So is this just a case of a passionate player showing his passion on the field and us misinterpreting it as something else? I don't think I don't think it's misinterpreted necessarily. I think it's uh, it's a double standard. I think when you're struggling as a professional athlete, especially in a fishbowl, there there oh, yeah. there are fishbowls in the NFL. Philadelphia is its own Shark Tank, we'll say, right? To belabor the analogy, um, you have to you have to be perfect. You have to be perfect. You have to be perfect when you win. You have to be perfect when you lose. And it's not just that you are frustrated. It's how you show it. Because your earlier frustration when you're A.J. Brown, what did it lead to? It was the ultimate squeaky wheel, right? When he was frustrated earlier in the season, I'm not getting the ball. Devontae's getting the ball, whatever it is. I want to be involved. 
he went off. But he hasn't scored a touchdown since November. He made it through the entire it's month been of December. that long, huh? Yeah, it was November 26th against Buffalo. And even that was part of a 37-yard performance. Hasn't topped 100 yards since December 3rd. It's been trending in the wrong direction against very gettable defenses. So when you lose to Arizona at home, when you struggle and it's a one-score game against the Giants late and you're not balling out to the standard that you did. I mean, his streak was one, two, three, four. See, he had six games over 125 yards, right? He had a stretch Early there where the it was incredible, and then so, it just fell off. So he's he holds himself to a high standard. But if we if, look at the totality of it, if we told you before the season, AJ Brown going into a week 18 has more than 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns, you'd be like, it's a great year. He's having a solid year. Solid year, but it, because it's tailed off the way it has. So AJ's feeling the frustration on a personal level, and the Eagles are losing. I think where fans get upset, and I don't want to. I'll crawl inside your mind of, a, of an Eagles fan here. Careful now. Well, uh, <laughs> well, you might like, find some things you don't like in there. Right? Let's but, just be honest. But if you get if you get there, are Eagles fans saying, "Hey, he's mad more because of the individual stats than he is because of the team struggling," or it's, "Hey, you know, me from uh, what is it? Uh, what's the fish place in uh, what's the part of Philly where it's Fishtown? Fish, Fishtown. Me from you know Phil from Fishtown. I'm mad enough for both of us. <laughs> you go out there and ball out. Why don't you go Rocco from South Let Philly. Me, you know Steve from Center City. Like I'm. <laughs> I'm mad enough for both of us that you go out there and play better, dude. You know, hun? No, that's Pittsburgh, isn't it? My bad. It, it, <laughs> bad. It's still the Keystone State. Yeah. The Commonwealth, Trying as Trying to go said. Delco, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Brain up there. Yeah, I, I think the thing that, that plagues Brown in this scenario is that, it, it's yeah, he says they're all frustrated. Yes, mm-hmm. but that's because they're losing. You were also frustrated early in the year when the team was winning, and it was because you weren't getting the ball enough. So people are going to kind of single you out in that situation. And in addition, I think there is a component here to defend him where he is a competitor of the highest level. He looks around, he sees Tyreek Hill's numbers, and he sees some of the other numbers that are being thrown up by the elite wide receivers. He knows he's in that category. His numbers aren't up there. And his numbers aren't up there because he's not up to the task. It's because he's not seeing the targets. Therefore, he's not getting the receptions. Therefore, he's not getting the yards and the touchdowns. Uh, Seth Joyner, Eagle, former Eagle linebacker, joined us yesterday. He was talking about part of the problem with the Eagles this year is the play calling on offense. He said this team might pick up a holding on first down, so it's first and 20. And then they'll come out and they'll do two quarterback sweeps to the right. And then the third play, they'll throw a bubble screen away from A.J. Brown. And it's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, if you need 20 yards, how's A.J. Brown not the focal point on at least two of those three plays as opposed to zero? Yeah, that's yes. Like that issue. Yeah. Well, that's that's the type of thing that fans look at. And whether it's just watching games, playing video games, picking plays out, they know just just as you do. Third long, fourth and long. Why are we throwing short of the sticks? That is a. That's a protect Jalen Hurts move from two seasons ago. That's yeah. not this Jalen Hurts, right? And Absolutely so, agree. And so then the question, that's why Jalen hears more boos. That's why the coaching staff hears more boos. It's your, your, your calling losing football plays. You're, 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 you're calling plays to tread water in a game as opposed to going out there and winning a game. especially Suboptimal, as uh, we'd call it. Especially at home against the Cardinals who have very little. It would behoove the Cardinals to lose that game. I don't know what they're doing. Well, They're they, out there actively trying to win football games. And, and, and Philly doesn't know what its coaching staff is doing. Right. And to have these high-level questions, these macro questions in Week 17, as it was last week, like, Jalen should be resting this week. AJ should be resting. Like, all they should be, this should be the street close, you know, South Philly Warriors this week. And instead, they have to go out and play because they've lost four or five. And they've done 
the majority of that at home. Yeah. And, the, and their one win was on Christmas, and it was a one-score game to the Giants. It's not impressive. No, they have to go play again today. Like, which AJ Brown was upset after that game as well. And he had a good, he had fine eighty yards. You know, it was it was fine. It was but again, you win a game and you're still upset. People yeah. look at that and they say, you know, what's the issue? You should be happy yeah. the team won. Now, speaking of the coaches, you brought it up. Sirianni and the rest of the coaching staff have been under fire for a while. A.J. Brown went on to talk about the criticism that Sirianni and the rest of the staff have been facing. Like for the Seattle game, that was on us. Like we, we messed that up. We, we, we improvised and we went on our own and they came out and said, oh, I, I, I wanted to try to get a flag or something, something crazy like that. It's like he really made himself look, look like a fool for us. I have nothing but respect for him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because not all coaches do that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we ride with Nick. We ride with Brian. We just got to come out. We just got to play ball. That's what you want to hear. That's what you want to hear right there. That's the accountability factor. Whether you should be accountable or not, that's what leadership looks like. The thing is, I I don't see anything turning around with this team when it when it matters. I, I maybe they find their way to one playoff win, but this isn't gonna be the hey, we went through a tough stretch in the season and then we turned it on when it mattered. They seem deeply flawed. They are flawed on defense, they are flawed on offense, they are flawed from a coaching perspective this year. One playoff win is the most I would give them. If it's a half win is the is the bet, I'd probably go under. But if you put it at really? one flat, I'm definitely not betting the over. I'm not betting that they win two playoff games. What what bothers you the most? Defensively, and I and I I ask that because I feel like they overachieved earlier in the regular season. Though the the problem, you know, the joke is, hey, they're Athens of the North, right? They have all of these Georgia Bulldogs. They have all this team speed. Well, you know, try to get better, try to address uh, deficiencies in the in the back end in in the secondary. The problem with being a young defense is you're a tired defense yeah. by the end of the season. You're playing 17 games across 18 weeks, and no one's 100%. I get that. No, you know, Rest weeks are what they are. Bye weeks are what they are. But until we get multiple buys, like, these guys are going to be banged up. So it, Jordan Davis, like, in, in your uh, – Jordan Davis? Who, who, am I, who am I thinking of? Jordan Davis Jordan is Davis. the big defensive tackle yeah. from Georgia last year's draft, not the most recent one. Okay, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. That's of. this year's draft. Jalen Carter. Like, a lot of Georgia Bulldogs on that but team. You're getting, so you're getting to this point of the season. You're beat up. And you're exhausted, yep. and you're getting gashed by the teams that are so dangerous because they don't have anything to lose. The Giants have nothing to lose this week, and I would attack that secondary if I was New York. What I what I dislike the most about the defense is that I don't think they properly evaluated themselves after last season. I think they had a, a misconception about who they were. Last year, they sacked the quarterback more than anybody in the NFL. They had like 70-plus sacks. Mm-hmm. You are not going to maintain that year to year. You have to understand that. But when you're sacking someone at that high of a rate and generating pressure at that high of the rate, you are going to make the back end of your secondary. You're going to make them look great. And Slay looked great, and Bradbury had yeah. a career year, and everyone looked wonderful. Well, guess what? Now you're not getting after the quarterback, and the secondary needs to step up to cover up for that deficiency. And they can't do it. James Bradbury has been exposed all season long. He is having a terrible, terrible year off a career year, which shows you he's probably somewhere in the middle. When he has a good pass rush at his disposal, he can cover long enough. But when you need him for that extra second, he's not there. And that's been a big problem. All three levels have been an issue this season. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fornball. Carlin versus Joe. Presented by Progressive Insurance. There's one NFL team still evaluating their young quarterback. We're going to tell you why it's too late for that. If that's what they're doing now, it's too late. But that's after I have this from our friends at Vivid Seats, where we want you to check off that New Year's bucket list with tickets from Vivid Seats, your home. For every tackle, slap shot, and slam dunk. 
Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbelievable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards you earn with every purchase, from tip-off to final buzzer, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the 2024 games that matter to you. We used them recently as a family to check out the Sabres-Bruins game. I believe it was last Wednesday the 27th. Wife's a Bruins or a Sabres fan. Kids for a Sabres game. Everyone excited. There you go. 4 nothing Bruins before you could realize what was happening. Uh. The great people of Buffalo booing their own team off the ice. Just unbelievable. <laughs> but that is not Vivid Seats' problem. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I see it as progress. You know, when you're the winning quarterback on the winning team, that's always good, right? He's been part of that. Um, I certainly do see progress. The thing with the Bears is they have done everything to screw this kid up from the beginning. What did you expect? You've done such a poor job of understanding whether or not he's the guy because you did so little to put him in a position where he could give you a proper evaluation moving forward. Why wouldn't you stay where you are and take Jaden Daniels and put good pieces around him and give him excellent coaching? I would not trade three number one picks for anyone. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Very happy to welcome Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, to the show. Mel, happy new year. How the heck are you? Joe, Randy, happy new year, everybody, and uh, great to be with you. I'm pretty certain that we have come up with a question that you have not heard before and that you will not hear again. So brace yourself. Okay. It has to do with Justin Fields and the future of the Chicago Bears. It hasn't been out there at all. But we're curious. Courtney Cronin, who covers the Bears for ESPN, she wrote recently that the Bears should have a clearer picture on their quarterback situation by the end of the combine in March, which I find fascinating because it's not as if Justin Fields just got to town. They've had him there for years. He's played Dozens of games. Shouldn't they already know at this point whether or not he's their guy? Well, I think that she's talking about what Courtney says is about Caleb. It's about you know getting all the work done on Caleb and seeing if Caleb is so superior and is so elite, is so generational. The Mahomes comparisons from last year, are they still maintained? If you believe that he can be that great top one, two, three quarterback in the NFL, then and can Justin Fields, what's his ceiling? So I think it's kind of figuring out both quarterbacks. I think they know what Justin Fields is after this year's over. They, they know everything about him in the locker room, how, to, how, the, how he galvanizes the team, how the players feel about him, how they feel. They, they get that. But Caleb is kind of the one that they have to do their due diligence on. Find out why last year wasn't 
happening this year? What happened Notre Dame game moving forward to the end of the year? Why did things not look quite as good? Why did it not go as well for Caleb? Why did he drop back just a bit? Because if you talk about last year, if we go by last year, you're t- drafting Caleb Williams. He's the quarterback, but that didn't happen. He didn't take what happened last year and build on it or maintain it. So I think that's where the Bears will be figuring out Caleb Williams over the next couple months. Hey, Mel, it's one thing for the Bears to go ahead and dive into those answers to those questions. What, what are you hearing from those in and around the NFL about why some of those whys <laughs> happened to Caleb Williams this year? <laughs> Nobody knows. I mean, you look at the tape, you go back and say he didn't play well. The Notre Dame game was a disaster for that team. Caleb didn't look like the number one pick overall, but you have hiccups along the way. You can go back to a lot. Peyton Manning never beat Florida, okay? A lot of guys have had rough games along the way. Uh, even the elite quarterbacks all have struggles. But in terms of figuring that out, why late in the year he wasn't playing to the level he did last year when he had some pretty good players around him. Uh, they didn't have Addison and some others, but he had still some good players around him. I didn't think they used Marshawn Lloyd enough. But to get to, to Caleb, that's what they're trying to figure out. Once they get that done, what's our grade on Caleb? That's, is it super elite? If it is, and I think everybody's going to try. We're not, they're not the only ones, guys. I'm trying to figure it out. Everybody in the league's trying to figure out all the Drake. Everybody's going to figure out Caleb. And is how much separation is it between Caleb and Drake May, North Carolina, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr. moving up, J.J. McCarthy. They're trying to figure all this out. So we're still very, very early in the draft process in terms of finalizing ratings. That's a long way to go before that happens. Mel Kiper Jr., NFL draft analyst, joining us here. Randy Scott, Joe Fornball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, so let's say they go through the process. They like what they see. They decide Caleb Williams is the future of the Chicago Bears. Which teams do you Mm -hmm. think would be interested in making a move for Justin Fields? I think Atlanta's at the top of the list for me. It has been for a couple months when we talked about Justin being traded. Atlanta's where he was, you know, about high school. Think about going to Georgia before he went to Ohio State. They don't have a quarterback. They're in a division where, you know, it's wide open now. I mean, Baker's there. Bryce Young, we'll see how he develops. I hope he's a franchise quarterback. He held up physically despite getting pounded with all those sacks. But is he going to be franchised? Well, you hope so, right? Baker's in Tampa Bay. You think about New Orleans with Carr and where they're going to be. And then you have your team trying to figure it out. So again, if you get the right guy, you can do a heck of a job. And you got to get that right guy. They didn't have it with Desmond Ritter. They don't have it with Heineke. They got to get that guy. And if they think Justin Fields is better than a Michael Penix Jr. would be, or a J.J. McCarthy would be, because where they're picking, they're not going to get the top three. Then you're going to get to the fourth quarterback, which is either Michael Penix Jr. or J.J. McCarthy. How do they feel about them, as opposed to making a deal for Justin Fields and giving up picks, giving up that draft capital, but we, we could sit where we are and get one of those young quarterbacks not give up anything. So that has to be figured out by Atlanta and other teams between now and the draft. So, okay, Mel, there are other quarterbacks, obviously, in this year's draft besides Caleb Williams, and one that's seemingly acquitting himself pretty well is Michael Penix Jr. Uh, the injury concerns are there, to be sure, but how much has he increased his draft stock after what happened at the Sugar Bowl? He made a smart move by going back to Washington for year two. Mm. One year's not enough. He needed to be two full years healthy, durable, out there, pitching it around, throwing those accurate strikes to all levels, being that great leader. And then that makes you forget a little bit. It was like Tua. He needed to be a couple years removed once in the league to get back to playing like Tua did. Michael Penix had ACL to the one knee, okay, twice. And you think about the shoulder, each shoulder. So now that's a, what happened in Indiana. And what we, f- we forget at Indiana, guys, is mm. this team without Michael Penix Jr. wasn't very good. 
good. Five and one as a starter, then hurt. They were three and four without him in 2019. Next year, he's upsetting teams like Penn State, Michigan, only losing by seven to Ohio State as a 20 and a half point underdog, right? Attaboy, even, Mel. And even in, even in 2021, guys, when it didn't go well for Michael Penix, he had bad games against Iowa, Cincinnati, Penn State, right? They were two and three with him as a starter. He gets hurt there. They lose their seven ga- next seven games straight. So he was a difference maker there. He was 12 and five as a starter at Indiana. He's 20, what, 25 and two at Washington. That's 37 and seven overall. Guys, he, he's the ultimate winner and he's a difference maker. Now he's got great players around him. Did Joe Burrow not have great players around him at LSU? And injuries, hey, you can be healthy in college and all of a sudden the injuries occur in the NFL. So I can give you numerous examples of guys who were, were injured in college, didn't have any problem. Remember Frank Gore? Remember Anthony Munoz and a lot of others? So to me, I'm not as worried about that. I'm just looking at him as a player, and you like what he's, you see. Tomorrow, I'm going to update the big one. I'll give you a little sneak peek, yes, guys. Yes. He's, one of the, he's, he's in the top 25. He's a little higher probably than a lot of people think he will be. Okay, All top right. 25 coming tomorrow. Mel Kuyper joining us here. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Other, other side of the equation, Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy. How does he fit into this year's class of quarterbacks? In Most the difficult evaluation class. of any player in this draft, certainly quarterback. He's tough to evaluate because you don't see him having to carry that team. And he did in the fourth quarter. I loved the fourth quarter, what he did there. I love the fact he shook off early, could have had interception early, got lucky there. The two interceptions last year we remember against TCU, the pick sixes. Uh, yeah, but he's now in a position, and I said this going in, the worst matchup Michigan could have had is Texas. Because Texas would have shut down the run, right? It would have shut down Corum and Edwards, and they would have had to have a car. So for McCarthy, I would have kind of liked to seen that because then it would have been the ball would have been in his hands needing to deliver. Now he's against Washington defense, not as strong. So to me, I think this is a game for McCarthy to do some things. They'll probably run the ball, so they'll be balanced where they wouldn't have been at Texas. Will we know enough after this game? I, he, he, to me, is a little mystery. There's going to be some mystery with J.J. He's 20 years old, then turned 21 until February. When he, you know, the Penn State doesn't throw a pass in the second half. Merrill only throws the pick before the half. They get momentum. They come back in the game. Ohio State, decent to good, not great. He hasn't had that wow performance. But I had, guess what? The top 25 is coming out tomorrow. And guess what? He may be in it. Love Ooh. it. Absolutely Ooh. love it. That's a double tease for those of you at home just with your minds blown trying to figure out what just happened, courtesy of Mel Kuyper Jr., NFL Draft Analyst. Mel, we always appreciate the time. Great stuff. We look forward to seeing the top 25 tomorrow. It's the highlight of my week, Thursdays <laughs> at 1230, guys. I'm telling you, man. Appreciate Outside you, of Saturdays Mel. with the pumpkin pie. See you guys. Saturday's pumpkin pie pick. Oh, I've been letting everyone down with the pumpkin pie pick the last few weeks. We're, we're profitable, but we're on a losing streak. we got to turn that around. College Football National Championship game, by the way, Houston, Texas, this Monday, four days away, January 8th. Uh, coverage will begin on ESPN Radio, 6.30 p.m. Game on ESPN and ESPN Radio, 7.30 p.m. We were just talking about J.J. McCarthy, quarterback in Michigan. Uh, what did he mean when he was talking about Michigan's sign-stealing scandal recently? Mm-hmm. If you look at him favorably, um, you know, he just kind of maybe stumbled on his words or maybe we're misinterpreting. But if you're not a fan of Michigan, you're going to hear this and you're going to think something nefarious is afoot. Randy Scott, Joe Fornball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. 
Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Every year in December, you get a bunch of complaining as to how the college football playoff committee screwed up and got it wrong. And then every year in January, you get like these awesome games and no one bashes the committee anymore. Randy Scott, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe ESPN radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Am I right? Like, were those not great games? Tessator losing his mind at the end of that one. (laughs) No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, I will say uh, I was more interested in a lot of the bowl packaging than I was in some of the games, right? Yeah. Like like uh, Miami and Rutgers at Yankee Stadium. Okay. Pop-Tarts Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, buddy. The Pop-Tarts Bowl did a great job. Edible mascot? Cheez-It Bowl? Future edible mascot? Any, You know, truly any mascot can be edible if you put your mind to it. If you really think it through. If you really bring like a knife and fork and some barbecue sauce. <laughs> Carlin called the uh, Cheez-It Bowl. Okay. He said they did not disappoint. There were Cheez-Its everywhere. And not like little sample packages. Yeah. The full money everywhere he could look. What you should do, just for future for the Cheez-It Bowl, strip the packaging of the caloric and nutritional values. Like everybody is suspending belief. Yeah. It's like going to see a magician. It's like I need you to believe just for one night. Yeah, I'm okay with you know? that. Yeah. In fact, strip the packaging in general. Just have them everywhere. <laughs> Mountains of cheese. If you walk by, you just grab a handful, throw them down your guzzard, gizzard, whatever it is, and keep on gullet. moving. It's gullet. It's not gizzard. Gizzard's like a bird, I think. I think it's like a bird. I'm gullet. not surprised that I got that wrong. There's not much of a surprise that I got that wrong. As I was starting the word, I was like, I got a 50-50 of getting it close enough where people driving might be like, I don't know if he, but I don't know enough to call him out. So I guess we'll just all keep moving. Trying to land the bird. Yeah. But I, I blew it either way. College Football National Championship game. Monday, Houston, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Radio. Coverage will begin on ESPN Radio at 6.30 p.m. Two teams, Washington, Michigan. That's normally how these things work. Two teams for the national championship. <laughs> Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy met with the media yesterday, talked about a variety of things. The sign-stealing scandal came up. This is fascinating. I don't know if you've heard this. I hope you haven't. Have you heard what we're about to play? Not the entirety. I've, okay, heard like a, I've heard a snippet of it. I haven't heard the whole thing. I want you to listen to how he's discussing the Michigan sign-stealing scandal and tell me how you interpret this answer. Take a listen. I don't want to say a crazy number, but I'd say a good number, 80% of the teams in college football steal signs. And, you know, it's just a thing about football. You know, it's been around for years. We actually had to adapt because in uh, 2020 or 2019, like when Ohio State was stealing our signs, which is legal, and they were doing it the legal way, we had to get up to the level that they were at. And we had to... You know, make it an even playing field. We do work our butts off. We do watch so much film. You know, there's a lot more that goes into play. And a lot of stuff that gets masked, a lot of work that gets masked just because of the outside perception of what sign stealing is all about. Okay. Hmm. So, I like McCarthy. I'm, he's a college kid. He's played well. I'm not here to crap on anybody. I love this story. I think this story has been fantastic all year. There's no. It's a victimless crime, let's be honest. I don't care if Ohio State didn't have an edge. That doesn't matter to me. 
That sounds like they found out their cheating wasn't good enough, so they needed to up their cheating. Am I hearing that wrong? Wait, that, wait, wait. That Michigan found out that Michigan's cheating wasn't good enough? Yeah, like the way he says that, it's like, you know, Ohio State was stealing our signs, which is completely legal, and we just needed to get on par with them. And I interpret that as your sign-stealing operation wasn't strong enough. It wasn't to the level of Ohio State, so you needed to improve your sign-stealing. I take it as we had no sign-stealing. We were trying to commence with the sign-stealing to get up to Ohio State's level. I will say this. Ohio State as has been the case for most years, save for last, uh, doesn't belong in the discussion around the national championship game, right? I mean, like, if you're Michigan especially, why is Michigan invoking Ohio State's name? You know what the right answer is? And I, I, I get it. I get it. That, you know, he, he's going, J.J. McCarthy's going to be asked the exact question that he should be prepared for, which is anything pertaining to science stealing. You had to know this is like Super Bowl media week, right? Yes. Like, you know, that topic's coming up. So be Marshawn Lynch, be annoying, be repetitive, be monotonous, make us not want to ask the question because you know what this answer does. It invites more questions, right? About the one topic that you shouldn't be focused on heading into the biggest game of your life. So be the guy who says, Hey, we're just focused on Washington. Yeah. Yeah. We're just all about that Husky defense. Hey, we're just this. We're focused on more Huskies really than, a veteran, team over there. than a veteran veterinarian in Alaska. You know, <laughs> we're focused on more Huskies than the Iditarod. That's what like, just be that guy. Don't be this guy. Don't feed this beast. Don't feed us. See, if he gives a standard answer like you're talking we're about, not we're not about talking about this I on know. the show today. I want to play this again because if you heard it the first time, now take a listen to this again and, and just think to yourself, how are you interpreting what he's saying? Is J.J. McCarthy basically saying, yeah, we were cheating. We needed to get better at it. Because if he is, bravo. I think this is fantastic. I don't want to say a crazy number, but I'd say a good number, 80% of the teams in college football steal signs. And, you know, it's just a thing about football. You know, it's been around for years. We actually had to adapt because in uh, 2020 or 2019, like when Ohio State was stealing our signs, which is legal, and they were doing it the legal way, we had to get up to the level that they were at. And we had to, you know, make it an even playing field. We do work our butts off. We do watch so much film. You know, there's a lot more that goes into play and a lot of stuff that gets masked, a lot of work that gets masked just because of the outside perception of what sign stealing is all about. All right, so Marty Smith is covering the Michigan Wolverines ahead of this Great head of hair. Game in Houston, for sure. I, you know what? That's two greats of hair. J.J. McCarthy's got it, for sure. Got a lot of great heads of hair. Not in this so, room, necessarily. I can see a lot of forehead in this room. Have there's you, a lot you of, up on the monitor. You see all that forehead? A lot of forehead. I'm trying not to look. Actively trying yeah. not to look at the monitor. So, uh, Marty is in Ann Arbor, and he says that after, this is on Twitter, X, after Michigan practice Wednesday, J.J. McCarthy walked into the Schembechler facility lobby to chat with me personally to clarify his sign-stealing comments from earlier in the day. He told me, quote, it's about leveling the playing field and how Michigan is forced to disguise and camouflage our signs, which he said the team is needed to do during his three years at Michigan and, quote, not upping our opportunity to win by stealing other team signs, but by protecting our own counterintelligence, close quote, not intelligence, counterintelligence. Okay, so you are stealing to protect against your own theft. (laughs) <laughs> this is a mutually this is a mutually assured destruction. Uh, Marty says I asked him if this is a distraction just ahead of the biggest game of their lives. He said it doesn't bother him at all, but he does want to ensure it's not a distraction to the team. How is it not? First of all, how is it not? I don't appreciate Marty doing first class reporting and getting answers to this. I wanted to wildly speculate on this for a few hours and then call it a day. I don't know that that's an answer. I think we can still speculate. It still feels like it's like look, I need to clarify something. All right, 
We only cheated up to their level. We didn't go any further than them. So if you got a problem, you take it up with Ohio State. What does that say about you? They're like, it's <laughs> cheating up to their level and not cheating down to their level. You should be cheating better than that team down south. The cheaters and the best. Like, that's the that's what the derisive call is. God, I love this country. I love not this only, sport. Not only do we cheat in all of our sports, but when someone gets caught, like in baseball, it's like, look, everybody's cheating, okay? McCarthy comes out, he goes, I don't want to put an 80%. <laughs> like 80%. Like UNLV's sitting there like, uh, no, not it's, it's, we're not part of your 80%. He throws 80% on it. The Astros were like, look, everyone's doing it. Maybe we went too far. And all of us as a country, we're just kind of like, yeah. I mean, everyone, if you ain't, it ain't, what is it? Rubbin's racing. Yeah, if you had cheating, you're not trying. Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know. Yeah, okay. We had cheating. I talked about this yesterday. We have had cheating scandals in poker this year. No surprise there. Not exactly the most upstanding how individuals. Che- how do you cheat in poker? Everything's on video, isn't it? Buzzers in the butt because a lot. No, okay. I'm sorry. Okay, what? Hold on. Hold what on. Hold was that? On, what was that last part? Buzzers Where? in the pockets on your butt. I want to. I want to. I want to. You know what? I need yeah, Marty. That's an Marty. The- I would like to clarify what I said. Can someone get Marty on the phone? I would like him to ask me a question so I can clarify. What's the saying? That's an ace in the what? What's that? Yeah, I'm not going to fall. Okay, I got you. Fall yeah. for that. Understood. I'm not going to fall for that pitfall. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah we had a, we had a chess cheating scandal because a lot of these things are streaming now. So yeah. someone sees the whole cards and like you you relay the information somehow. Oh, okay. There's buzzers, all this stuff. I'm Poker's looking, okay. got cheating scandals. Che- We're living in a world where there's a chess cheating scandal. There's nothing sacred. Nothing, nothing, clearly. I mean, the integrity of these games, of these sports. One NFL team being completely overlooked in Week 18. Well, maybe if they start cheating, they won't be. That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Anthgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.